Hey, I'm Damien. I'm Kara. And welcome to Bubble Bath with Bath. I'm not even going to say close because you always tell me that it's not. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you even tried. That was brutal. Anyway. In my, defense, in my defense, I have had one cup of coffee today because as a second cup was being made, we discovered it was decaf. We accidentally bought decaf. Oh, Jesus. What do you do with that? You throw it in the garbage. <laughs> I should probably drink decaf because I'm kind of hyper. Like, I'm just hyper as it is. So, like, it's probably not great for me to have so much caffeine like I intake. But I just keep doing it. Yeah. So I've had one cup today compared to like my normal three to four because it's decaf and what the hell is that going to do? Nothing. Literally nothing. Absolutely. So today with us, we have Peter Baker. He is the writer of a book called Rain City Gothic, which you should all talk talk about, which you should all absolutely check out. Um, Hey, Peter, how's it going? How many cups of coffee have you had today? Uh, well, I've only had one latte today, but usually, well, I've, so it's a very complicated answer because the first thing I do whenever I wake up is uh, I grab a, a Java monster from the fridge and then I, I drink the Java monster and then I make a bagel uh, while I'm staring blankly in the kitchen and then I'll sit down. And just because of how crazy the schedule's been, I've actually been trying to write in the morning instead of sit there and watch TV, which is what I prefer to do before I do anything constructive. And, but anyways, so sometime after that, after the monster and bagel, then my partner and I will procure coffee some kind of way. We'll either make it or go and get some. Today was a bagel. I feel like a monster and bagel is like the oddest thing I've ever heard. Well, here's the, here's how that happened, right? Because I mean, I like bagels, and I've uh, Dave's Killer Bread. They make a really good bagel. Uh, they also provide jobs to um, former prisoners uh, once they get out. Uh, I forget the name of their program, but it's actually kind of cool. And I love that. and um, so years back, years back, back when I was living in Tampa, Florida, I would have a monster, the same type of monster, and. Uh, two Jolly Rancher Pop-Tarts, uh, Cherry Jolly Rancher specifically, because at the time, those were my favorite. Sadly, they do not make the Jolly Rancher Pop-Tarts anymore. Uh, so what the fuck am I even doing with life? So, yeah, the Jolly, the Jolly Rancher Pop-Tarts took a fall, and it was sad. Finally, some. I'm just glad you are vaguely familiar with it, because people look at me like I'm goddamn crazy every time I talk about it. Like, and I had a similar reaction when I first saw them. I was like, there's no way these are going to be good. And surprisingly, they were extremely good. I am like... I've never heard of that before. I don't like Jolly Ranchers because I don't like the way they make my teeth feel. If that's like a weird thing, I don't know. But they leave like my teeth feel, I guess, dry. I don't know. <laughs> it's an odd feeling. Yeah, I, no. I don't think the Pop-Tarts do that. I think you're safe. They don't. Yeah. It's weird how they managed to translate the flavor to a Pop-Tart and not completely fuck it up. Because it didn't have that candy taste, necessarily, but it did, it did capture the essence of the cherry, watermelon, green apple flavor of the three flavors of Pop-Tarts they had. So, Interesting. I, yeah, absolutely. Do you, ever notice, do you ever notice how the Pop-Tart, like... I, okay, I can t- I talk pop tarts a lot. It's kind of a hey. it's kind of a gimmick of mine. But do you ever notice how the certain flavor of pop tarts are all exactly the same? Like you have hot fudge sundae, 
vanilla ice cream. Um, they're all just that vanilla filling with some sort of chocolate on top, and they're all basically yeah, the same. Yeah, s'mores. Like they're all just the same. It's just pointless. They're, they're, they are very similar, which is why I stick to the s'mores now that the Jolly Ranchers aren't there because I find those to be a little different. But the real trick is to take those other ridiculous flavors, like the more dessert type flavors, put them in the freezer for a little bit. I've heard that before and I've never tried it. He's highly recommend. Yeah, I really like the Damien hates this, but I really like the the um plain strawberry ones with no icing and then I like to burn them in the toaster. Oh my god. Now believe it or not, uh in all my years of talking pop tarts with people, that is not uncommon. Like I know a lot of people whose favorite are the you know, the plain ones with no icing on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just, I think I, I just really like the strawberry inside and I feel like the icing takes away from that. Yeah. And that's my thing with the, um, the, uh, the, the other flavors, like the, the more ornate dessert type flavors. Uh, so I, I typically will stay away from those. So I stick to now the s'mores, Blueberry or strawberry with the icing and the cinnamon roll flavored Pop-Tarts, which are also surprisingly good. Yeah, I like those. And the blueberry ones are unmatched. Those are so damn good. I stick to brown sugar. Those are good, too. I wonder if I've had the brown sugar ones. I honestly don't remember now. They're like the most basic ones. And they're good. Yeah, I think they're like the, like the, like one of the original ones because they've been out forever like i remember being a kid and eating those my kid likes to put her pop tarts in the microwave for 15 seconds not the toaster the microwave specifically now that's also a good move but yeah it's got to be a very short time otherwise you will burn the shit out of yourself yeah that's why i tell her i'm like it's remember it's hot when it comes out (laughs) 15 seconds is a bit but it's like the that's like the number she likes 10 seconds is not enough 20 seconds is too hot 15 is right in the middle yeah, it's, it's, it's perfect. And uh, and then so then after I have the Java Monster and the coffee a little bit later, and then that also depends on like uh, if my partner's here or not. If she's not here, then I'll have two cups from the French press as opposed to one when she is here. And uh, then later on in the day, I'll have uh, another Monster and assorted uh, cups of coffee throughout the day, depending on where I'm at and what's going on. Nice. We are the same. I'm lightweight too. I alternate between like energy drinks and coffee, depending on how I'm feeling. Cause sometimes like I love coffee, but sometimes I'm like, I can't like physically stand another cup of coffee right now, but I still need caffeine cause I get caffeine headaches all day long. So I'll just drink like a monster. And I really like just the plain white can. Like, I don't know what flavor that is, but just the white one, the, the white sugar free one. Yeah. That is my, uh, so I only have the Java monsters in the morning, but uh, if I'm having them throughout the day, then I will typically opt for that white one because I also enjoy it. Goes great with Skittles too. Oh, speaking of Skittles, Damien, the other day I did finally have Skittles, and I ate one at a time. My sister was here, and, they're different. and she was like, "Huh? They're different." They are. She was defending you left and right. She was like, Damien is right. And I was like, he is not. And I tried one at a time and you are so right. Each one is different. I was like, damn him. (laughs) They are different. I'm also very surprised that you've not had Skittles until the other day. How did this? Yeah, I couldn't tell you the last time I'd had Skittles and I swore they all taste the same. And I was like, no, these in fact are all different. Yeah, it was 
it's a huge thing where like people say that all Skittles taste the same and they're just different colors, and that's just not accurate. That's Fruit Loops and, and Tricks, I believe, that actually are the same and they look different. Yeah, I think someone changed the yeah. Wikipedia entry to say that, so now everybody's like, oh, Wikipedia says it. It has to be true. For Skittles or for cereal? For Skittles, and it's just not true. They all taste different. Yeah, the lemon one is definitely lemon. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, that tastes a lot different compared to, like, the grape one. Yeah, yeah. And, and my partner, there are certain Skittles that she will not eat. She always collects the yellow ones, and I wind up eating them because I don't hate them. But, no, she will set those aside because she does not like the taste of them. Oh, I think the yellow ones are my favorite. I really like lemony stuff. If I eat the yellow ones, I eat them with the green, so it's like lemon lime. That's, <laughs> That's clever. That's actually clever. I can't eat them by themselves. They're awful. <laughs> I like the yellow Starburst, too. Same. I like all the Starbursts, actually, especially the Starburst jelly beans. It's probably one of the best candies to have ever existed. Those are so good. I don't like the red Starburst, but I'm also allergic to red 40 dye, so they give me a bad headache when I eat them, but I just don't like the flavor either. Like, they're very fruit punch, and I don't really like fruit punch. I I so, uh, find the red ones, but uh, we also grew up uh, with fruit punch type things uh, when I was a kid. Yeah, that would make sense. I think it's because I don't, I don't drink it or I don't have it a lot because like, I'm allergic, like I said. So I'll have it like in small quantities. So I've never really like cared for the flavor, but I, I know people like swear that the pink ones are the best, but I would rather take all the yellow ones, all the yellow Starbursts for me. <laughs> you can continue to keep all the yellow Starbursts because I literally only like the pink ones. Have you had the pink? Um, I was getting, Maddie likes those like, um, those little like sugar-free drink mixes you put in like your water bottle. And yesterday she picked up, nerd strawberry but before that she had um the tropical starburst flavors and then she had just the pink starburst flavor for her water and it was actually really good yeah it's pretty good i also i really like the blue starburst water flavor too that's all i drink is water flavor because i don't feel like i get enough water so i'm always like if i haven't like i like the energy drink in the morning but i use a water packet energy drink oh oh i've seen my mom has those she has like cherry and like dragon fruit and stuff. Dragon like energy fruit. in them. Yeah, dragon fruit. It makes you feel like. Yeah, I'm more tired one. <laughs> and that's that's the other thing about the the coffee drinking is in between all that, I'm also drinking about four liters of water at various points throughout the day. So by now, at this point, I've had uh, two liters of water because I want to make sure I stay hydrated. Dang. See, and I'm really bad about the water intake. Like, I'm just like, I'm thirsty, coffee. I'm thirsty, Dr. Pepper. I'm thirsty, energy drink. I need to drink more water. Yeah, I just keep water with me at all times. Like, when I'm at school, I'll have a water bottle. Or when I'm at work, I will. Or at home, I just have something with me at all times. Water. Milo. Plus, if you have the bottle of water you can do entrances through doors much like triple h did yes you can yes you can and you can spit it in the air and just look like the baddest man in the room yeah exactly (laughs) who doesn't want to look like that but then people get paid you because you're just because then they're covered in your like water that was in your mouth and you're just like hey that's the price to pay for having to deal with someone as cool as me 
<laughs> I remember my brother was really into, well, he still is into Stone Cold Steve Austin. And like when he would come out and like spit his beer all over the place, I remember thinking like, that is the coolest thing in the world. And now I'm an adult and I'm like, I'm not spraying my expensive beer all over people. Well, you got to remember back in those days, Stone Cold wasn't drinking like his Broken Skull IPA or whatever he's got. He, I think he was doing that with like uh, some sort of terrible low-priced light beer <laughs> yeah, it, was like natty, it was like natty light or something <laughs> probably but i but I, I like it's funny because i always feel like when i think of like old school wrestling like back then it's always the spitting of beverages in the air and then back before the that, and then before that you had the red mist that wrestlers would spit into the eyes of other wrestlers oh yeah or the green did. We still have we'll get some of that. We get green mist now. I think they're too afraid it'll look like blood. I forget the exact uh the exact kayfabe reasons of the green versus the red, but each one was different. Yeah, green is like poisonous, I think. Yeah, something like that. Like the the red did something, I think it maybe it just blinded you, but I think the green also like was supposed to uh poison you. Yeah, now we have like black mist too, which is like the ultimate and, evil of the mists. <laughs> and and it makes sense to carry that type of uh, mist in your mouth if it's poisonous because that can't possibly harm you, the carrier, only the uh, person you're terrorizing. Yeah, I've never... That's the one thing I've never... Like, I want... I need someone to break that down that understands wrestling a little better than me to, like, tell me, like... <laughs> What just happened? <laughs> Were you sawing a box in half with a sawzall? No, it's Milo. He's decided, you know, he takes a nap all damn morning. And now that I'm recording, he's like, I'm just going to lose my shit. And just, it's he's so like rolling all over the couch. He's kicked my blanket off. He's squeaking his toy. He's literally just dragging himself all over the floor. So what you're hearing are his nails. It literally, all over the it literally sounded like you had an empty cardboard box and a house key. And you're like, let me saw this thing down. No, it's him, but I keep turning around giving him a death glare. Like, if you don't stop. God, I'm dying. So I've always wondered, like, how do they get this mist? Like, does it come from, like, the bottom of their stomach? Like, I don't get it. I get, I understand, like, the, like, special effects of it. There's probably a packet or something that they get. But, like, in character. Yeah, they bite it. Yeah, in character, where does this come from? Uh, Well, I don't know that the answer now would be uh widely regarded as good or beneficial because back in the day when they started doing the green mist uh you know wrestling was prone to a lot of uh very offensive racial stereotypes uh amongst um uh, asian people yeah and, and yeah yeah it was always bad so yeah it was always bad they were always like the asian characters were always portrayed as sneaky conniving uh and and everything and so they probably would just back then put it up to some sort of uh, mystic art and just leave it at that. Yeah, I think because I, that's. I think that's still the same approach. At least, hopefully, the phrasing is better. But I can't tell you because I honestly don't watch a lot of uh, the new product. Actually, hearkening back to what Kira and I were talking about before you got on, the reason I even got back into wrestling recently was because of the mandalorian because i saw sasha banks on there and i was like wow who is this fucking gorgeous woman here and i was like oh she's a wrestler and she's snoop dogg's cousin that's really cool so then i started watching 
the the women's division and then i tried watching some of what the dudes were doing and i was like this is not as good as what's going on over here with this bailey and sasha banks characters thank you somebody finally said it like it's it's so dudes wrestling is just so boring to me i don't know what it is it that probably helps that sasha and bailey are like two of the greatest wrestlers on planet earth right now but i just can't like it just doesn't seem like I don't know how to explain it. Being in the like being in on the joke and knowing it's like not a real combat, I look at it kind of like a um, like a live action comic book, and it it feels like the women understand that approach a lot more and they work out their matches a lot more, so it's more exciting, flows a little better, tells a better story. Whereas a lot of time the dudes, it's just like we're gonna run into each other and then go to the corners and do a bunch of chest slaps, and then we're gonna call yeah. it a day. And and really, the only one who can get away with gratuitous chair slaps is a, or a chest slaps is Ric Flair. Yeah, and he's older than Sin now. So, <laughs> but goddamn, well he he's still he just had a match back in July. Yeah, his which is, his last match ever. <laughs> yeah, we're probably actually getting close to his actual last match uh, at the rate things are going. He so maybe in two years. My favorite part, we I watched that match. My friend Cody's a huge Ric Flair fan. My favorite part of that match, Ric Flair pretends to have a heart attack in the middle of a match to distract his opponent and then gouge him, like give him the old thumb to the eye. Honestly, that is uh, that is a very Ric Flair move. And, it was uh, classic. <laughs> and I would have been panicking, like, <laughs> did this guy really have a heart attack? Yeah, the, dude, the guy he's wrestling, Jay Lethal, is like, Oh my god, wait, is this for real, or is he like, what? what's going on? And then he just jabs his thumb in his eye. Yeah, and he probably, I didn't watch the match, but I assume at some point there was a fist to the growing, too, from Ric Flair uh, towards somebody else. I would have to guess so. When I was on the subject of the thumb to the eye, this is my one-off story for, for the episode. When I was a kid, I had this wrestling ring, like every kid did, and I had these American Gladiator figures. And my dog got a hold of one and chewed it up, and it had no limbs except for one arm, and it had no fingers at the end. <laughs> and all he had was this thumb. He just had one arm and a thumb. So I mean, he he was like the ultimate underdog story in my wrestling like promotion. And Predator was the champion. He had this like sick belt that I got from I think it was like a two-pack of like mankind and the rock maybe but anyway it was like one of those little plastic belts and predator was the champion and this guy challenged predator and beat him with a thumb to the eye off the top of top rope it was a magical moment that i'll never forget (laughs) he had he had to beat leon from resident evil 2 he had to be a xenomorph johnny quest and i can't remember who else was in there to get the predator for his title shot. All with the thumb to the eye from the top rope. My my friends and I back in Florida growing up, uh, we had the wrestling ring and he had a, a nice mixture of WCW action figures as well as a WWE then WWF action figures. But he also had a trampoline where we would go out and like powerbomb each other and stuff like that. And that was the real fun. We used to do that in my friend's swimming pool. We'd try and do like suplexes and stuff, and then you end up oh, yeah. you end up upside down underwater with water going up your nose. 
Yeah. And that friend actually went on to do a little uh, bit of indie wrestling at some point in his life, which is kind of cool. Nice. Uh, I mean, we still, he, he and I still got, he and I still talk wrestling uh, sometimes because we would, uh, like, my dad would buy a pay per view every now and again. And then my friend would come over and we would just, the three of us would watch. I think the first one we watched was WrestleMania 10, which is a good experience to start, but also had, had some really good matches on there too. Yeah. I don't remember WrestleMania 10. Cause I think that was before I didn't get into wrestling until like late nineties. And then I left yeah, for so a this, while. And then yeah. I I've recently, when I talk, usually when I talk wrestling with people, the only things I remember from like back then is gold dust. Cause he was my favorite and then modern stuff. Cause I took such a long break. Like I missed all of like, the rise of like John Cena and Randy Orton and all of that stuff. Like I was not there for that. Yeah. And that's around the time when I fell off, but 94 was great because it was WrestleMania 10. That was when, uh, Brett and Owen had like their first big match, but it was also the latter match between, uh, Razor Ramon and, um, Shawn Michaels. Oh yeah. I watched that. So I must've been back into it then. That was a great match. The intercontinental title. Yeah, and because uh, Sean got suspended, but he never vacated the title, so they had that good angle where there were two belts. Yeah. So the winner had to pull both of the belts from the the top of the ladder, and uh, you know, basically popularized the ladder match. And Brett was probably salty because he's a very bitter guy in general, but uh, he told Vince at some point apparently, "Oh, you should do a ladder match," and then uh, instead of having him do a ladder match. It was people that he would feud with over the years. I I watched it as a kid with my brother. Um, he was really into it, and probably like the same time that Damien was watching. Um, so I know like about it through him, and then him trying to wrestle me. But I was like, get the hell away from me! <laughs> and we would I would try to play with him. He had like the ring and all that too. But of course, I was like, no, I'm not playing with that. Um, I was into Polly Pockets at the time. Um, but Damien is getting me back into it now. So I've been trying to learn like all of like the AEW stuff and like the difference between the two. And I'll send him like, Oh, I found this wrestler on my TikTok," And he's like, Oh, that's so-and-so I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out here, but it's a lot. Like there's a lot that goes into it. So I'm slowly figuring it out. It is. And my favorite wrestler of all time is still wrestling and he's with AEW. Uh, that's sting. Why did I know you were going to say that? Uh, I don't know why I, I knew. I just like when you got ready to say my favorite wrestler of all time. I was like, he's gonna say Sting, and I have no idea why I knew that. I I, I feel like given because I mean I think we've talked about Bret Hart before, and I think that if you uh, grew up being more into guys like Bret Hart, Sting was the natural natural guy for the other team that you would uh you would root for but i don't know man something about sting was awesome but then when he did the crow thing at the time because see i was born in 86 and i think i started watching the crow in 96 because my friend and i would rent it repeatedly and just like watch it literally all the time that was one of my favorite movies of all time still is a, a pretty top tier favorite don't know if it's in my top five anymore but definitely my top 10 and uh, so when Sting did that, I was like, damn, this is really good. Yeah, it was badass when he came down from the rafters. He doesn't do that anymore. And I'm just like, come on, Sting. One time, he just carries the bat no, but, out. And he's just like, here I am with a baseball bat. But God, he's still jumping off of shit. Like, and he's he's 60-something. He's like 62. See, you're just like, dude, oh. chill. 
Yeah, like the physical work that that must take is a lot. It's <laughs> yeah, and then not only that, but you know, when he was in WWE for that brief stint, he got that neck injury from the buckle bomb. I think he was fighting uh, Seth, Seth yep. Rollins, and uh, like you know, like looking back at that match. Like yeah, that looked pretty serious, and uh, he came back from that, and that's that's amazing. Totally. Yeah. That is so should we get into our questions? Yeah, now? Oh, we actually got questions. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Did few. Brian? Did Brian ask seventy six? No, it was actually Bree this oh. time. <laughs> uh, so we'll start with Bree's questions. Uh, who's Damien's wife? Uh, she said her first one is, "What is something that never fails to make you laugh?" What is something that never fails to make me laugh? Uh, gosh, almost any dry delivery of anything uh, I'm a sucker for because I do it myself. But it's always funny watching the reactions of people who are getting the dry delivery and, and to see what they do. So one of my favorite things to do is if I'm out in public. And somebody tries to make a stupid joke, not even like an offensive stupid joke where you're trying to like make them realize it's offensive, but just like just dumb shit you you hear all the time. And and they'll say that and I'll just look at them and they'll say, oh, it was a joke. And I'm like, sorry, I'm autistic. I don't have a sense of humor. And I just say it with that deadpan voice. And it's really watching them react because they don't know how to react, even though I'm also trying to be funny. Other people, especially yeah. the autistic ones, will get it and will laugh their asses off. Uh, but uh, or or if somebody who's not autistic and they're familiar with it, they'll they'll also laugh and realize like I'm not being a dickhead. I'm just you know laughing. But others will just kind of like get this uh, look of discomfort and not know what to say, and then they'll move on with their life. And that's funny because my daughter's autistic and she has that dry sense of humor too, where she says things and sometimes I like she has this stone cold face on her and I'm laughing hysterically. And then she, but then she's looking at me like, are you laughing at me? And I'm like, no, I'm laughing. Cause you're just, your delivery of this was so damn funny. And she's just like, was it? <laughs> and I'm like, and then I know she's just joking, but it's just, I don't know. It's just, just dry humor. And I love it. Yeah. And she is hilarious. I always love, I think I always love when I'm like at school or work or something. And somebody thinks they're making like the funniest joke in the world. Or like, it's like those things where somebody will walk into a room and go, Oh, haven't seen you in a while, and they just seen you like five seconds ago. And I always like, I always just go, ha ha ha, like super loud, like this real obnoxious, like ha 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 ha, kind of laugh. And they're, and it just, it gets me every time. And everybody just stares at me like, it really wasn't that funny. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. This was for myself. This was a me moment. <laughs> yeah. So, so dry, humor is, dry humor is a good way to, to always make me laugh. Uh, for some reason. Yeah, I like dry humor, especially like when somebody gets it. Like it's just I don't know, it has to be done just right, but it's it's definitely hilarious. Um let's see. What was uh, Obrey. Oh, so she said, uh somebody gives you billboard space for free, what do you put on it? Jesus, these are these are very tough questions that I did not expect to be grappling with at uh, noon on a Sunday. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know where where she what she's doing. She turned into a journalist apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think at the moment I probably I probably advertise my book. Like that's what I do right now. 
That'd be yeah, a good one. Just put a... I don't know what I would put in a billboard if I had if I could put anything on there for free. I don't know if I'd put one of my books because I, I don't want the negative reviews that would come from people who are like, oh, a book. I like books. And they read it and they're like, well, this wasn't a this didn't have Fabio on the cover. So I, I, I'd probably put like <laughs> there's this really funny sign where I live. If you go this certain way to Athens, Ohio, and it's this older woman and it says something about strawberry milk and meatloaf. It is the funniest thing. So maybe something like that. Yeah, uh, well. I take a different approach to reviews. I, I want a, a if I get a disproportionate amount of negative reviews or even a disproportionate amount of positive reviews, uh, I personally won't find that to be a good sign because uh, I didn't try to like push enough boundaries uh, in, in the art in, in some kind of way, or I did too much and uh, or worse, uh, I wrote a piece of shit and that, definitely is not something I want. So I want that even split with it airing towards more good reviews than bad. But so far, like, uh, Rain City Gothic came out November 1st, and, like, even my three-star reviews are very surprising because it's like, wow, this book was great, and the character was, like, one of the best ever and highly relatable. Still gave it three stars. Like, bro, you couldn't give it, like, four or five? Yeah. But I also get like it's yeah. I, I'm sorry. I was gonna say, but you know, I also get it because like some people, you know, it's not like something that they normally read because like their scary stuff is a little bit different than mine, and I'm still mm-hmm. not 100 percent sure how to classify it because yeah, there are vampires. There is a literal uh, guy doing other nefarious things, but uh, people would classify it as thriller or fantasy. But to me, it's just like blanket horror book yeah that makes sense that's how i feel sometimes with my stuff because my stuff has a lot of grief in it and then i recently just got into writing more like comedic stuff so i don't really know like what to classify my work as i'm like just read it that's all just totally. it's there. just read it please <laughs> <Be nice. laughs> just read it don't be mean about it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, um, I was going to say earlier that I sometimes get frustrated when it's like a really, really good review and they say really nice things and it's like three stars and I'm like, but why is it only three? There was something in there that only made you say three and you didn't tell me what it was and now I'm going to think about it for yeah, the next week. tell me. Well, actually, I actually managed, Kira, to send you a, an art because I messaged you on the TikTok. Uh, did you ever get around to reading that? No big deal if you didn't. Like, I know y'all are busy and stuff. Yeah, I do start reading actually. I still have it. I'm I've been a super slow reader lately. Like I've just I'm very much a mood reader and but I have been reading it and I will definitely get your review up. So I will nice. save that. I, I'm also a, a mood reader. Like my friend's been having me read he's been telling me to read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for about fifteen years now. I have a copy of it. I fully plan on doing it. Just not just not yet. But I will. I'm the same way. I'll open up something and start to read it and then I'll put it down and open up something else and just kind of bounce back and forth. So it takes me forever to actually read a full book because I'm reading 12 others at the moment (laughs) because I'm just like, all right, I'm in a sad mood. So let me open this sad story now. (laughs) And that's that's kind of why I like, uh, I like doing the beta reading and art reading for people because like I I might find something cool that I wouldn't have uh, discovered before. Plus, you know, it gets to help out somebody else, and that's always a nice thing. Yeah, for sure, totally. Yeah, 
And then you have Damien over here fucking speed reading everything. And Damien and I, we're best friends. We have podcasts together and 3B together. And I have not read all of his 10 fucking books. <laughs> I'm like, I should probably do that. Because he reads everything that I put I out there. <laughs> I, know, uh, I read for the first time ever my first digital book, right? Because uh, I wasn't really like a hater, but, you know, I like having books and I like having uh, books on the shelf because it looks cool and I go back and pick it up and look for a page and all that. But uh, I started reading digital books this year and my God, the, the pace that I can go reading a digital book is astounding me. So I kind of enjoy them now. Really? See, I'm the opposite. When I try to read a digital anything, like when I read like, I'm going to, I'm going to like completely like expose a secret. Sometimes I don't take like ARCs from people who I'm really excited to read their book, but I just have a hard time. Like I get distracted, like a notification will come in or I'll see something pop up or I don't know, just like having my hands on the book is better for me. And I go through it a lot faster, especially certain fonts. Like if it's, if it's that sweet spot, that 12, that 12 size, like Garamond or Times New Roman, I can just blast through those things. Like a 500 page book probably would, doesn't take me usually more than four to five hours. And it's just because I just, I don't, I read at a good pace and I just sit there and do it. Like if I'm here by myself, I'll just, I don't really, I like watching movies with my wife. So I don't watch movies by myself or wrestling or anything by myself. So I'm usually just sitting here reading. So I'll just have like a solid like chunk of seven hours where I literally just sit there and read like novella after novella or like a bigger novel. Okay. So personal yeah, you can personal question for Damien here uh how lockstep with your wife is your collective movie taste um it's it's there it's there now like we she's got she's gotten more into like some of the stuff like we're very lucky because we both like really bad corny horror movies like the cheesy 80s stuff we both like horror comedy a lot but then there's some things that I like to watch that are like more modern serious stuff that she's like yeah I can't do that but for the most part we're pretty spot on because my my partner and i were sitting there trying to figure out like what level of horror she can or can't watch and it's very hard to nail down but uh from what we gathered is she cannot do the constant tension without some comedic uh breakup so the babysitter on netflix which was surprisingly a good movie uh That was one we could watch because God, it had some really fucking hilarious moments in it. But uh, and Samara weaving like, is God, she, man! Like Samara weaving. Yeah, so and, but but like I, I have a feeling if I said, "Hey," because I just watched Barbarian uh, when she was out recently, and uh, I loved it. So good, so so good. I have a strong feeling that uh, if if I like could not make it through it because like it's very very uh intense movie and there's lots of tension in it and um when some things happen it's like oh i did not expect that to happen and because i'm trying not to spoil anything for anybody but like yeah i don't think she can make it through that but Shaun of the dead however definitely could. yeah brie used to when we when we first started watching movies like when we watch movies now like she we watched barbarian together but that was like right at the borderline like she doesn't like a lot of like if it's human on human violence or something like that, like I don't even, I have a hard time with stuff like that unless there's some sort of 
supernatural aspect or comedic aspect. Like I can, like my favorite slasher is happy death day and I can watch that all day and not be bothered that it's human on human violence at all because it's got that comedic element. It's over the top, but something like just like I've had the movie don't breathe on my to watch shelf because it was so popular for a little bit for like two years. And I just can't, I can't bring myself to it. Like movies like the purge and stuff. I have a very, very, hard time with them i don't i don't yeah we just talked about um texas chainsaw massacre and how we both said yeah, it's just it's mean like, <laughs> like, it's a classic it's, a, it's a classic like genre movie but it's very mean and i have a i have a hard time with it because it's just it's it seems very mean spirited like i very much like the second one better because it's very light and fun but she's got she's I, been able to watch more serious stuff with me because some stuff that's come out that's very very dark and serious like hereditary and midsummer like deep down inside of me there's like this film nerd who just like loves watching movies and be like oh my god that shot's beautiful the pacing look at of three on mm-hmm. this like and i can't help that still but you know <laughs> yeah no and uh, those movies are are very good uh examples of that meanwhile my partner and i watched the, the Fear Street movies, and that was a borderline one too, because I have there's a lot of tension there too. It's coupled with uh, how violent those movies are. Yeah, I've not. I've not watched those. Yeah, those were. Good. I like those. I like my horror to be like heartbreaking and sad, and I want to be like devastated when I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of a. Uh... Then again, uh, I, I feel that way about most movies. Like one of my absolute favorites. Uh, of all time is the movie Logan, which is not a horror movie, but God damn, that is a also very intense, very emotionally taxing and uh, just a goddamn. Yeah. That's a movie. tough, that's a tough atmospheric movie. Like that's a, that was a game changer for comic movies for a while. Yeah. And, and to me, it's one of those ones like uh, it, it transcends the genre because it's just a straight up good movie no matter what. Oh yeah, for sure. What movie were we talking about a little bit ago, Kira, that I was telling you you should watch? What was that? I've, I've already forgotten. Um, was it Anna and the Apocalypse? No, it was, a, it was a really big, sad movie. A real sad movie. I can't remember. Oh, I remember you mentioning that, but I don't. I don't think I wrote it down. Requiem for a Dream? I mean, that definitely fits. <laughs> no. I have never seen any movies ever. Like I'm really bad about watching movies, so Damien is getting me to watch movies now, and in return, he's watching the Twilight Saga. Oh, it's been a trip. <laughs> I I cannot make it through. I cannot make it through the book or the movie. Oh man, tonight's yeah. I did the book. Tonight is Twilight Night, isn't it? I'm gonna have to try and watch a Twilight movie. If I don't get to it, I'll watch it through a week. This is part three. Like we tonight. made it. <laughs> We made it to the baseball scene, and uh, and then I was surprised because, like, I was willing to stick it out for her. She's like, "No, I can't do this anymore," and uh, I was like, "Thank God." <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's like um, when I've said it before on here, but my sister got me into it. She's five years younger than me, and um, when the first DVD came out, they had like a midnight like premiere, and she wanted me to go to borders with her so she could get the DVD. And I was like, Autumn, these movies are terrible. Like I've heard bad things about them in the books. And um, 
when we got back, she was like, stay up and watch it with me. So I was like, I'll be a good big sister then. And I watched it. And then I was like, the vampire lover in me who also like loves romance too, was like, wait, these are terrible, but I'm kind of obsessed. And so I watched the rest of the movie and then devoured the books and then went to shamefully went to every single midnight premiere of every single movie. (laughs) But I took my, my ex sister in law at the time who was like, 11 so that was my excuse to be there when really i just wanted to be there in my early 20s i cannot blame you (laughs) they're so fun and to me they hold a lot of like nostalgia like i just they're so bad i will admit they are terrible but i love them and i could talk about them forever (laughs) i i it was it's so bad but so like good at the same time like i could not stop laughing at like the way that they over dramatize literally everything like Mm -hmm. somebody walks and it's so like okay now when you walk make sure that you make it look like your leg weighs two thousand pounds and you're carrying it with a horde of elephants like it's so dramatic (laughs) it's so dramatic (laughs) i think that's what i love about it it's just dramatic all the way around <laughs> All right, so let's see. Um, Brie asked the most important question: Do you like pickles? If so, do you like the pickle juice even more? Uh, pickle juice, I'm pretty indifferent about, but pickles themselves, uh, I'm a big fan. They have a nice crunch to them and uh, a good taste. And uh, I don't know if it's popular in NorCal, possibly in Ohio. Uh, you could probably find fried pickles, but fried pickles are the shit. Fried pickles. I would with this yeah. is a pickle heating podcast. Fried pickles, <laughs> any chance she gets, and I'm always just like, please let me die. I don't. <laughs> Um, I live, uh, I won't, I'm not anymore, but I lived in Gilroy for a bit and that is the garlic capital of the world. So while we didn't have pickles, we had everything garlic you could imagine, like including garlic flavored ice cream. That does not sound appetizing. I've never had it because it just, it sounds weird to me and I don't know how I feel about it, but it is like all the rage. People swear it is so good. And then during the garlic festival, which is no longer in Gilroy, but um, McDonald's has garlic fries and those are good. Uh, fun fact, in Walla Walla, Washington, they have an onion festival. What? Oh, oh yeah, they uh, the town smells like onions during the onion harvest. Oh, that's like Gilroy smelling like garlic. And then the worst is when... Uh, it's really warm out and it's manure season and then it's garlic manure. Oh, It's not okay. And it takes over the whole damn town. (laughs) That does not not sound uh, pleasant at all. No, not, not at all. And then to call out my sister, she loves it. Like she'll stand outside and like breathe in the morning air. And I'm like, you're foul. That's disgusting. (laughs) Shame, Autumn. (laughs) Like we went one day, we were driving through, through the back roads um, to the town over from Gilroy and she rolled, had the audacity to roll down her window and I was like I swear to god it's like 103 outside it smells like garlic shit if you don't roll up your window right now I will jump out of this car <laughs> it's not okay <laughs> alright let's see um, yeah no I don't like pickles I've tried to like pickles and I just stopped trying because it's I didn't even fucking try I tasted one and went nope <laughs> I've tried them in different ways, like in burgers, like in relish form, and just all of that. Like I just, I don't know. I don't like. The I don't texture. even like. See, I am here. For I don't even like when things. they touch your fries. 
Yeah, I don't like I don't like the like the smell of them or I anything. To, like Maddie for a bit wanted me to put pickles in her lunch, and I used to <laughs> um I used to really really hate onions. Like I just could not stand onions. And um, funny story, a Sasha Banks story actually, which is funny throwback here. Um, we went to a wrestling event, me and my friend Jesse, and I had just got my Sasha Banks tattoo, which some people I guess didn't don't know I have, but now they all do, and I've exposed myself. Anyway, um, I posted it on Instagram and tagged her in it, and we we're sitting in this Max and Irma's. It's like a like I don't know if they have that everywhere. It's like this like little like diner type thing. And she commented on my post and I was like, <gasps> like taken back. Like I've been noticed my hero commented on my post. Oh my God. So I was like, kind of like space. Like, you know how you get like that natural high when like, you're like, Whoa, this is such a cool moment. And the person comes up and takes our order. And I just pointed at this random burger on the menu. And I was like, I'll just have that. And they came back and it was, it had barbecue sauce raw onions, grilled onions, and onion rings on it. It was called, like, the onion burger. And I was just sitting there eating it and looking at my friend Jesse, like, oh, yeah, this burger's great! Because I was just, like, cloud nine. And he was like, I didn't know you liked onions so much. And I was like, I hate onions! <laughs> just eating the damn To me, that actually sounds very delightful, and I would love that. Because I'm also a big burger fan as well. Oh, I love it now, like, I don't, I don't like raw and grilled onions, but if you fry an onion as like an onion straw or like the blooming onion or an onion ring, I'm all for it. Yeah. For some reason, though, I, I don't like the onion straws as much. Uh, I feel like there's not enough onion in there compared to an onion ring, but the caramelized onions, uh, those are the best in my opinion. I like cooked Yeah, the only time I'll eat caramelized onions are on um, animal-style mm. fries from In-N-Out. That's about it. It's good. I can't disagree with what? you. I've never been to uh, In and Out. Yeah, I've not either. Oh yeah. Next time you go to an In and Out, if you're near one, you got to get the animal fries. It's just French fries. It's cheese, and it's like a like um, a secret sauce, which is kind of just like a thousand islands. And then it has um, grilled onions on top, and it is to die for. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds pretty yeah, solid. Yeah, I um. I live in West yeah. Virginia, so it's just like the land of the glizzy. So, the only restaurant I think West Virginia has that's like famous is like Tudor's Biscuit World and Hillbilly Hot Dogs. Now, do you hate? I it do need to. Kira, do you hate it because of the word glizzy? Yes, I don't know what it is. The other day we were talking about Godzilla and I said God Glizzy and I'd never been so upset with myself. <laughs> Poor God Glizzy. I hope he recovers quickly. <laughs> I don't know why the word Glizzy is just so disturbing to me. Like the fact that like like kids tried to make that happen, like they legit tried to change the name of Hot Dog to Glizzy is just I'm here for it. I love it. It's just perfect. A glizzy. I just could not imagine walking into like a Costco and being like, I'll have no please. I don't know if it's problematic or like what it means, but I just keep. Yeah, what but like, why? About? Why Why is it called Glizzy? I should research it before I just like start throwing it around everywhere. I'm pretty sure it's. I really think it's just hot dog. Yeah, it's just it's just hot dog uh, from, from what I, I've Hell gathered. Yeah. 
Yeah, like I remember it was like a thing on TikTok and they, they just kept talking about glizzies. And at first I didn't know what it was. And then when I, my ex's sister was like, it's just hot dog. And I was like, are you sure? And she's a Gen Zer, So I was like, I'm going to take what you say because you guys are the ones changing the rules. Uh, so according to, uh, according to Wiktionary, uh, a glizzy can also be slang for a Glock uh, handgun, which also makes sense. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. But I think, uh, I, I, I think hot dog is overtaking because on urban dictionary the first definition that comes up for a glizzy is a hot dog uh for instance uh the first definition from 2020 june 16th glizzy a hot dog the sentence they use pops wasting no time to throat the glizzy here real glizzy gladiator <laughs> oh my a glizzy that's gladiator. my new name glizzy gladiator The second definition from August 1st of 2020. My God, the pandemic. uh, Yeah, people did things than that. Uh, The the second definition I thought it was a cock, but it's a hot dog. Put the glizzy on the barbecue, mate. (laughs) Third definition. I think in 2020, just nothing matters. Chaos. Third definition from uh, Dictionary. Glizzy, it's a fucking hot dog. If you need the glizzy, you can take mine. Pop smoke a real one, sharing the glizzy. This is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, lots of them. Yeah, uh, it's it's not we're not getting into the gun only definitions until like definition five. I, I and, just read uh, that the reason that they that it's a glizzy is because glizzy was slang for for a certain type of gun. And the glizzy is the same length as that type of gun's clip. I don't know. That's scratching what I'm reading. I think someone's just trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. Yeah, and here's this definition from May 29th, 2017. Glizzy, once known as a Glock, made famous by rapper Shy Glizzy, now currently known as a hot dog. Oh, I was wondering what the origin story of the glizzy Damn, was. Now we know. And, uh, it's, it's now we know. I'm going to I just place. personally couldn't imagine going into the ER and being like, I was shot by a glizzy. Oh, and here's another one from 2020. A dumbass term that people are starting to use for hot dog. <laughs> That's me. No, it's better than hot and dog. The, uh, the little sentence they got. The, the sentence they got. Jack, you want a glizzy? Ryan, what the hell's a glizzy? Jack, a hot dog. Ryan, why the hell didn't you say that? Yeah, to- <laughs> like when I think of Lizzie, I think of like this like blinged out hot dog in my head. Like <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, no, I'm I'm here for it. You know, I'm not gonna say it myself because that's out of my character. <laughs> but uh but no, I'm here for everybody else calling it a glizzy. It's totally it's totally in my character. <laughs> and uh I I prefer the, the corn dog myself and i don't know how i could work that into using the term glizzy that is a corny glizzy <laughs> corn glizzy it's a bread it's a breaded glizzy it's a corny glizzy a corn a a corn glizzy, glizzy. Yeah, yeah they're fantastic i i, I <laughs> yeah i'm very partial to the corn dog myself especially the mini corn dog yeah those are like, pretty holy solid shit, i don't know if you get better than those little mini corn dogs yeah. deep fried but wait, but then you lose out on the stick, and that is obviously the best no. part. 
Because then it has a little crunchy yeah, at the end. That you have to like, buy off the stick. Yep. I uh, I also enjoyed when I went to the fair as a kid. They had uh, double and triple sized corn dogs, which were delightful. Oh, I've had a foot long corn dog before, and those are yeah, boy. <laughs> There's the West Virginia, yeah, boy. <laughs> I had one at the LA County Fair once, but I don't like like I like cheap ass hot dogs that probably have like eyeballs and stuff in them. I don't like the like. Um, I can't think of the brand right now, but like the Nathan's and like all of those like 100% pure beef hot dogs. So when I bit into it, that's what it was. And it like snapped and I don't like that snap that they do. And I was immediately grossed out. I didn't eat it. Well, like the macho man says, sometimes you need a little beef and spice. Yep. Snap it to a slim gem. A slim gliz. Yeah. No, I don't like a snap. I don't like a snap. <laughs> I'm done with you. A slim gliz. <laughs> slim gliz. Slim gliz. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I am redirecting this conversation. <laughs> Bree asked, asked, "Which monster movie would you have the easiest time beating in a fight?" Hmm. God, very tough questions. Uh. I, I feel like the answer should be Mrs. Voorhees. Dude, she took out all those people. But then, she did, but they were also teenage kids who were in an altered state of uh, being because of all their uh, drunkenness and debauchery. That's very true. And I've, I've, I've seen pictures of you, and you're quite a bit more fit than they were. Yeah, and, well, thank you. And, uh, you know, I'm not... I'm not going to be the one to put down this woman's child. Uh, I also probably wouldn't be a camp counselor uh, just to start there. Cause like, if I did that now, that'd be a very suspect job given that I'm 36, but like, <laughs> which is funny because like, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I don't hate kids or anything like, uh, you know, I got some, some ne- nephews and little cousins and stuff and they're great. Like back then, when I would have been the prime age to be murdered in a slasher film, you know, I wasn't as into like, you know, I wasn't, I didn't like kids back then, basically. Yeah. I, I, I think honestly, it's got to be mid 40s because like all she's got is that jeep and a machete. But the sweater is made of armor. That's true. What? kind of movie is really this? I've never seen it. So I am just It's not really it. it's not really made of armor. <laughs> Wait, you've never seen <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> Huh? You've never seen the original Friday the 13th? Mm-mm. Okay, we well, got to fix that soon. Uh it's also that's like, the one. <laughs> It's also the debut of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that's his first movie. It's the what? It's Kevin Bacon's first movie. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, shortly. Oh, okay. I like Kevin Bacon, so I like Kevin Bacon. Alright, I don't know if it's his first movie, but uh he wasn't as he wasn't the Kevin Bacon we know and love today. So I think it was either mm-hmm. right before or directly after Footloose. I just watched that movie with his daughter, um, Smile. Uh yeah, well, you know, she was that was a I I have thoughts on that movie and, you know, I don't want to like spoil anything, but they should have ended it in the penultimate scene instead of the final scene. 
but that's a whole different yeah but she was also on a good show about uh autism on amazon prime called uh as we see it and she plays the caretaker of three autistic adults and it's surprisingly a pretty good show Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I I had heard that his uh his and a Kara Cedric's daughter was in there. I just didn't know which character she she was until I googled it. And then once I googled it, I was like, oh, I one hundred percent see her in both of her parents. Like she's a spitting image of both. And I really liked her. I like I enjoyed her acting, and I enjoyed the movie up until the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Penultimate scene should have been the end, not the final scene that they chose. Uh, but other than that, uh, yes. But it wasn't enough to like completely ruin the movie. Thankfully, but like. Just a, like a yeah, mild, I agree. Mild feeling of disappointment when they ended it that way instead of, you know, right at the scene before that. But no, she she did a she did a good job, and um, I I definitely look forward to her uh, along with more movies and shows from uh, Jenna Ortega. Yeah, also Jenna delightful. Ortega is amazing. Yes, I loved that. I loved Wednesday. Yeah, you I need totally to see Wednesday. Do. I need to see it. Did you know that? Okay. Ke- so good. I'm I looking also... at Kevin Bacon's IMDb, huh? and he is going to be in the Toxic Avenger remake. Okay. Nice. I I do enjoy. Oh, so so Kevin Bacon was in Friday the Thirteenth before Footloose, so Footloose yeah. was his breakout. But I I do enjoy that these uh big name actors like Nicolas Cage are just doing fun shit now, and I think that's cool. Yeah. I recently watched, uh, well, last, yeah, a couple months ago, whenever it came out, I watched that movie with, I'm not a Nicolas Cage fan, and I watched Pig, and I'm still not a Nicolas Cage fan. I, <laughs> it was so yeah, weird. Mandy was first watching. Oh, man, Mandy is so good. Yeah, and... Uh, I haven't seen Mandy. And, and here's what I respect about Nicolas Cage, too. Uh, he is technically a Coppola, but he changed his name so he wouldn't ride off the fame of francis ford coppola which for francis ford coppola he's gotten a lot of flack and been accused of nepotism over the years because like like half his family's in the yeah like his sister-in-law i think or maybe it's his actual sister who married uh, talia shire she was in the godfather uh sophia coppola played the baby who gets baptized at the end but Sofia Coppola also played Mary Corleone uh, in the very weird Godfather Three, and uh, so yeah, so you know I admire Nicholas Cage for that. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know is, that. Nicholas Cage know, is I a weird, so. weird dude. Like, <laughs> oh, his role for me was raising Arizona from the Coen Brothers in the late eighties. I've not seen that. Oh, if you like the if you like any of the Coen Brothers stuff, you gotta watch that one because like it's very much the Coen Brothers, and it's got like some familiar cast members, um, uh, like Holly Hunter's in it. She was also in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. John Goodman is in it, who has been in so many Coen Brothers movies, and um, it's almost uh, cartoonish in the the way it looks, and it's uh, it's just so goddamn nice. funny. I'll have to check it out for sure. I'm trying to branch out, like. I have this bad habit of ever since I've been a child, all I've ever watched is horror. All I've ever read is horror. So I just, I've been trying to branch out a little bit and I need to start like, I don't know. Like the only thing that I watch that isn't like my only favorite things that aren't straight up horror are usually John Waters movies and they're just comedy. But other than that, I have a rough time if there's not like some sort of monster or supernatural, anything going on. 
No, that's understandable. However, some of the Coen Brothers movies do have uh, violent elements to them. Were they? This is. I'm going to sound so movie ignorant. Were they Fargo? Did they make Fargo? Okay, I thought. Yeah, so. they did. I thought so. They did Fargo, No Country for Old Men, which is based off the the Cormac McCarthy uh, book. And uh, my God, that movie's yeah, that's a, that's a that's solid a movie. movie. I've yeah. seen that actually. I'm actually reading my first Cormac McCarthy book. Uh, I'm reading The Road. Yeah, I don't know if y'all have read oh. that, but God, good luck. <laughs> surprisingly, no, I haven't. Su- surprisingly, very good for a movie about two people walking. It's very hard. It's a very tough read. Like I found it very like not like it's like hard to read, but it's like hard to read in the sense that like the things that happen you're just like this is so bleak and i just oh god it is it is the epitome of of dreadful and and bleak and he manages to basically like all those fifty eight thousand words are synonymous with yeah depressing i don't know how but it's just very very depressing <laughs> so like uh and at this point the minor spoiler uh, for people because they've had uh, almost they've had like 16 years to read the book since it's been out since 2006 i got really excited when they made it to the bunker Ugh. i didn't because i knew something else was gonna happen like <laughs> you look at i haven't i haven't gotten far past yeah. that yet so don't spoil that because i'm still reading it but like but man i was like oh wow they found a bunch of canned foods this well, just look great. at how many pages you have left and know what all the pages before it have been and just know it doesn't like just know just take that into account <laughs> i i am ready for it but uh, i i uh but overall i, I do enjoy it because uh you know it is really well written oh yeah as far as craft goes it's really really good it's i i always say his books like to me are like I always compare it to the movie, the lighthouse because the movie, the lighthouse, like as far as from like a filmmaking standpoint, like the acting, the lighting, the cinematography, everything was like so spot on and perfect. But then the plot and story was just like, I have zero interest. But is it, is it good? Cause I've been, I've been uh, waffling on watching uh, that. I don't, I can't, I've never been able to give a definitive answer. It's worth watching because the acting is from Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson is like top notch. It's worth watching just for that. But I, I had a hard time connecting with the story and plot. So that's more of a, a you not vibing with the plot thing than the plot being like objectively bad, convoluted. Yeah, and not did, sense. Uh, to me, it didn't make a lot of sense. So, but I'm also not a very like deep movie watcher in a lot of ways. Like I just, I watch a lot of movies okay. as an escape and I don't, I, I don't know. You, you watch it and watch it and report back with what you think. Yeah, I'll do that. I felt that way. I, I've, I've never seen the lighthouse, but I'm one of the few people that did not enjoy Midsummer. Like I watched it once and was like more scared because it was like, ew, this could totally happen. Like, this is why I I just stay home. And then um, I tried watching it a second time and I couldn't even get halfway through it and I turned it off. But like Hereditary, I, that's like my comfort movie. I just keep it on his background noise. That, that, because I love Hereditary. With the stone falling into the stone. That is a real thing too. 
Yeah, it's terrifying. Like, I'm like, no, like, and I think that's, I, I, don't, I don't even necessarily know if I didn't like Midsummer. I just think it scares me in a way where, like, where Hereditary is like, okay, it's got some supernatural elements. Like, could this happen? Maybe. But, like, Midsummer, I'm like, no fucking way am I going to another country anytime soon. That scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I did I not love like Midsummer. That. It felt See, too that's real, like one of the exceptions to the people on people violence thing. I loved Midsummer. Like it was, I don't know. There was just something about it that was just so good to me. It's just it's it disturbed me in so many ways. It was so disturbing. <laughs> Um, let's see. So next question, uh, creature kids books on Instagram asked favorite junk drink slash snack combo. Oh God, probably the, God, well, that's a tough question because junk as far as food goes can take a, so side note, the first books I've ever written, uh, along with dozens of articles were about fitness and nutrition. So I've learned a lot about food. Uh, and so it really changes the definition of what you consider junk because you got to take in context and everything like, like, yeah, almonds are supposed to be a health food, but I also know people, if they eat almonds, they will die because they have allergies. So for them, almonds are definitely not a healthy food, but, uh, I think if we're going into what people consider junk food, which is what we call hyper palatable, calorically dense. So it's got like shit tons of calories in a small package. Like you know, a donut, something like that, uh, a mixture of carbohydrates and fat, which drives up the caloric density of it. But I think if we're talking about that, we're probably going to go with the Skittles and the Monsters. Yeah, I. I was going to ask more about that if you didn't mention that because do you put the Skittles inside the Monster? Uh, I do not, but I imagine some people probably do. It sounds good. <laughs> but it's good, yeah. Get a pack of plain old Skittles uh, whenever you get your uh, your white sugar-free monster later. You'll love it. I'm going to have to try that because I feel like that would go well together. Like that kind of sweetness and the carbonation and all that. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't what know. Would be I your... really like... Yeah, glizzies. Glizzies. Give me a glizz. <laughs> Give me a glizzy and a mountain bay. <laughs> Right, you know, up here, up here in Seattle, we have what we call the the Seattle dog, and they put cream cheese on that. And it's see, I like that with jalapeno. They put Hell, the yeah, jalapenos on it too. That's my people. Interesting. Those are my people. I also enjoy the Chicago. Oh, I've not. I have not had a Chicago glizzy. Oh, it's pretty good. They got like uh, cute little cubed peppers and, and tomatoes on them and, and stuff like that. I, I enjoy it. Basically, it's hard to fuck up a hot dog. I did not have a chili dog for the first time until about a year and a half ago, though. And I'm glad I I'm glad I had it yeah. that I waited so, so long good. because it was delightful. So good. Yeah, and I made it myself. So good. I did it I did it in the uh, the way that I'm accustomed to from the, the class I was in growing up, which was a very poor class. I grabbed uh, two of those cans of Hormel chili. I heated those sons of bitches up on the stove while I was cooking the glizzy on the, the griddle in the middle of the stove. And then I made like two hot dogs and then nice. just dumped the chili all over it. Get the cheese in there. Yep. I do that too. Yeah. Gotta get cheese. I put ketchup on mine too. Yeah, I'm a ketchup guy too. 
Yeah, I like catch. I like the ketchup and shredded cheese on the glizzy. Yeah. If there's no chili to be had. Yeah. Same. How do you feel about mustard, Damien's enemy? <laughs> oh my god! Oh I god! It's my mustard. ultimate enemy. And then, if you do like mustard, well, Kira, do you like mustard? Um, I'm indifferent to it. I, I, it's a teeth thing again. I don't like the film it leaves on my teeth after. So if I'm going to eat mustard, I like it to be where I'm home and can brush my teeth after. All right. So what you got to do is you take, uh, take some potatoes, right? Uh, cause everybody loves potatoes. At least as far as I know, I've, met, I've not met somebody who's like, man, I fucking hate potatoes. Like, cause even if they hate plain potatoes, they'll probably still eat a French fry yeah. or a potato. Yeah. Or like a mashed potato. Yeah. So like, what you got to do, you take some potatoes, you make big-ass wedges of them, right? You, you cook them in the oven, and then you drizzle very lightly sriracha and mustard. So it's not like a shit ton of mustard. You're not dipping it. But the flavor mm-hmm. of sriracha and mustard is heavy. That is foul. Interesting. I might try that. Because I really like weird food combinations. It's kind of my thing. It's like become like my shtick on here. And I was telling Damien recently that I was eating potato. He called me and I was literally in the middle oh, of eating God. potatoes with syrup oh. on them. Like fried potatoes. Oh wow. With syrup. So I so I went to a restaurant, my favorite restaurant to go to when I'm back home in Tampa, Florida, called Ellis Folk Art Cafe. And if anybody's listening, uh, lives there and they haven't been and they are in the area, you should absolutely go there. But they have these things called uh, Rasta fries, and that's where I discovered the Sriracha mustard combination because their potato wedges drizzled with both of those things. Uh, I believe they also uh, do the little olive oil coating too, which is always good. Yeah, the olive oil. That sounds good. I, I think I would try I like that. a little bit of olive oil. I like a little bit of olive oil in my coffee. Why, why has nobody ever tried greasy coffee? <laughs> I've tried butter coffee. Wait. It was popular and it was the worst fucking thing I've ever done with my life and I hated it. It's disgusting. During like during that whole like twenty twenty thing, oh my god, everyone on TikTok was like, It's the rage, blah blah blah. It's healthier for you. It's fucking foul. What and I will do? never drink that again in my life. Yeah, and it's also a calorie bomb, speaking of calorically dense things. And uh, what yeah. What were they doing? I missed butter in your oh, yeah. butter in your coffee. coffee. I've never tried it. I'll try it here in a little bit. I would do an Instagram live and I'll drink like coffee with a giant glob of butter in it. Oh my God. Oh my God. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) Do you have any weird like food combos that you like Peter that like normally people wouldn't eat? Probably, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. But uh, there was a time in my life where I would pick apart my hamburgers and eat them piece by piece, which people thought was very weird. That is very weird. (laughs) I I really, I'm going to be honest, I don't like the taste of hamburger. Like, I just don't like the taste of it. I like it when it's covered in cheese and ketchup or some weird shit and with grilled buns. But I do not like Wait. the taste of just the hamburger by itself. Oh well, yeah. So when I when I pulled it off there, right, and I would eat it, uh, like it still had the cheese and stuff on that. It's not like I took the cheese off and ate the cheese. So I would eat the I would eat the 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 toppings, the tomatoes and the onions or whatever, and then the burger, and then finally the bread. 
because I do like bread a lot. Yeah, bread's... I love bread. That's a weakness. Like, my mom and I have been known to pick up a French bread from the grocery store and then, like, eat it in the car. Jesus. On the way home. What the fuck? Yeah. Also, like, I, this will probably gross Damien out, but one other thing that I fucking love, especially with red pasta, is French bread, and then I cut oh, it and I put mayonnaise inside God. it and eat it just like oh, that. Oh, my nice. friend Eric, he was vegetarian <laughs> for a while, and he would go to Subway and get wheat bread with the, like, American cheese, and then they'd toast it and put mayonnaise on it, and that was it. It was so nasty. I miss the most about uh, living in in Tampa was the Cuban sandwich because that is the best sandwich like ever. Uh, It's got mustard on it, but still pretty solid. And um, you can't get a good Cuban sandwich out up here. Probably the only other place I could think of where you can get a decent wood would be maybe Georgia, depending on uh, the nature of Cuban migration to Georgia. Maybe a couple other states down there, possibly Louisiana, but probably New York. Yeah, like, that's the only ones I could think of. Yeah, you. Know, yeah, I've never had one either. I've never had a Cuban sandwich. Oh my god, it's it's amazing. So it's got the Cuban bread, which is similar to French bread, uh, a little different. They use like lard or shortening to make the bread. Uh, you know, it's got ham, roasted pork, Swiss cheese, pickles, and mustard. So yeah, you guys might not like it, but in Tampa. They also, due to the influence of the Italian immigrants, along with the Cuban immigrants, they eventually started throwing salami on the Cuban sandwiches. Interesting. I don't like ham. I don't like pork in general, really. I don't like ham, so. too, but that is the only way I will eat it because it's it's masked by the other things that are on there, which uh, that's what does it for me. Because like, if you're going to give me ham at a holiday celebration, I'm, I, like I, ham. I probably won't eat it. I'm a yeah, f- I'm like same. A, I don't touch I'm it. I'm a fat white guy. Of course you I like, like ham. <laughs> Jesus. It's so salty. I don't and then I can never eat it on Thanksgiving, even if I wanted to, because it's always made with pineapple and I'm allergic to pineapple. So I've just over the years and then I just I hate bacon. You will not catch me ever eating bacon. Like, I, do. I, I don't yeah, even like it when it's like the salty things. And so like I, I do enjoy bacon for that reason and um the ham with the salt on the Cuban sandwich makes it a little saltier, which I like, but everything else overpowers the actual hamitude of it. So I appreciate that. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. There are some instances where I'll eat certain things just because it's like being overpowered by everything else and you get like the small little flavor from it. Yeah, and I'm the same way with olives, even though it's hard for me to find something where the olives get overpowered by everything. So typically I just stay away from the olives. I love olives. I love them on my pizza and my pasta salad. I put them on my fingers and just eat them like that out of the can. I love yeah, olives. You're not going to see me fucking with an olive. <laughs> nope. <laughs> this is the guy delicious. Put brown sugar it's on wonderful. His pizza. <laughs> no, that is no. That's kind of strange. I uh, people think it's strange that I salt my pizza. Like even if I order pizza, like I'll throw a Listen, little salt take- on it. Take get a pizza, okay? Interesting. One night, just order a pizza, and you have to get bacon, pineapple, and ham. Basically, Hawaiian with bacon added to it. 
I appreciate that because my go-to, because I don't like ham, is bacon and pineapple okay, when I'm ordering get from that Domino's. And save a couple slices and just wait yeah. till the next day and throw some brown sugar on the top of that bad boy and throw it in the oven and let it get that like crusty glaze. It'll change your life. All right. I, I fear the worst. He's going to try it. And he's going to say it changed his life. And then you're going to have to admit I was right. I, I, God. Yeah. I, I probably will eventually. It's so good because the sweetness mixes with the pineapple and the bacon and the tomato sauce. Oh, it's so good. Also, real quick before we get to the next question, how easy is it to pause? Uh, uh. The recording. Yeah, we can just do it because I have to go pee. Okay, okay good. Cool. I will BRB. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and we're back. Okay, <laughs> I, 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 since I don't listen back to this podcast because I'm not listening to my voice, I wonder what that sounds it's like. Literally, it's, like it's, it's a pause for it's us, literally, not for them. So it's just—it's like, literally just going to be. And how back. easy is it to pause here? I have to pee. Oh, pretty easy. Pause, and we're back. <laughs> It'll literally just do that. <laughs> well, it would be uh, funny to listen to. I also don't listen to things that I've done because I don't like listening yeah, I never, to my voice. We don't. Mm-mm. We don't really it edit. Like different. I've edited the podcast a few times before because I've had to, and I don't like to do it. So usually we just no take back skis and just go for it. <laughs> so that's admirable. <laughs> We've been told it's nice because it feels like genuine, like conversation. You know, you because like in real life, you don't edit what you're saying when you're sitting with someone. So true, but that's also why I prefer text messages because I do get to proofread before I hit send. I'm not trying to go back through and listen for all the awkward pauses (laughs) and delete them. That just, I mean, come on, just deal with it, people. Yeah, you know, you get the little the little thing that has the little wavy things on it, and you could just look for where they're not there without having to listen. To I it. could do that, <laughs> but but eh, yeah, whatever. Lizzie, gladiator. Everyone has to say this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on the topic of food, our final question is from Books as Meals, and they asked, if your personality was a breakfast food, what would it be? God, I don't even know what my personality is like. Like, what? what how would you define my personality? As a breakfast food? No, 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 just in general, because that's going to inform the answer, because, you know, my perception yeah. of myself. Like a grown-up. <laughs> Wow, that's like a grown up. Like we're not far apart in age, like four yeah, years. But I feel like a, you're way you've more. You've definitely grown got than your I life am. way more put if together than I do, and I can tell by the tone of your voice. That is so nice of you all to say, which yeah. is hilarious because I was talking about how like I still drink a Monster Energy. Well, that also probably that also probably speaks <laughs> to how not put together our lives are. <laughs> <laughs> But like, uh, I don't know. Gosh, well, that makes me sound like I should be uh, no, I think, like oat brand or something if like I had, that. I think if I had to define you as a breakfast food, you would be a steak, egg, and cheese burrito. Yeah, yes, maybe like with a some avocado. Breakfast food. That's a very wand mm-hmm. type thing. Until you mentioned the avocado too. Yeah. 
I can see that very just like colorful and grown, but also enjoyable. Yeah. Maybe should I'll take the breakfast burrito. Well, definitely like, some no, hot that, sauce. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I would be that's falling apart like everything's that's coming really up the side because they didn't wrap it it's just right. a really fucking solid breakfast burrito with like maybe some fried potatoes on the side or maybe yeah. some hash browns like this super breakfast yeah. burrito it's got all the good shit inside of it so not like uh not like a triple stuffed chipotle burrito because those things uh with yeah, that no, much that's stuff in it they would fall apart very easily oh well thank you yeah no I, that's that I could have uh, answered that question myself. And I also love burritos of any kind, mostly. So, Me too. That's my go-to. My go-to. Yeah, if I could put it in a tortilla, I I'm found. there. I have even made peanut butter oh, and yeah. jelly tortillas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Ooh. Mm, put them in the air fryer. It is a game changer. That is a good idea, actually, because I do like uh, heated up peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they're toasted, they're so good. My my daughter went through like a, a stage where like that's what she enjoyed, and I would cut them up. And then one day I was like, "How would these be in the yeah, air totally. fryer?" And ten, totally. Ten All right. Well, I guess yeah. with the question with the questions being over and calling Peter a steak, egg, and cheese breakfast burrito. Um, if there's before we before we go, just promote the hell out of yourself. Like anything you've got where people can find you. Anything coming up. Oh, God. Um, oh, so fun fact, uh, Rain City Gothic is going to get an audio book, and I managed to convince a living relative Hell of Bram yes. Stoker to do the reading. Uh, and, as, and as it turns out, she's actually got a really goddamn good voice. She also makes tarot cards and other cute things like bat plushies for her company called Lish Garb. And... Uh, like anybody could Google that, and her name is Shanna Stoker, and you could find I've her on TikTok it. and Instagram. So she's going to be doing the, uh, the narrating for that, and that's going to be fucking awesome because I got some clips back yesterday, and uh, I was like, "Damn, this is this is great." I couldn't, uh, you know, I didn't want to narrate my own book because, for one, the protagonist is a woman, and you know, I like to have a similarity in the voice there, yeah. the perspective, and all that. So I was like, "No, this, this was a good idea." So. Yeah, I think that's going to be pretty awesome. And hopefully that'll come out January-ish. Hopefully around my birthday, which is mid-January yeah. on the 16th. Right. Ooh, that'd be nice. Um, so yeah, and right now you can get print copies of that book at raincitygothic.com. Uh, and my Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter that I never, ever use, uh, they're all Peter D. Baker, Sick. all one word. Yeah, I'll, I'll have Perfect. to. I can Do go next. Go I'll have next? to check out Rain City Gothic for sure. Like I've been trying to read before people come on the podcast and stuff, but I have been. Woo! Life has got okay. away from me, and I can read a million miles per hour, but that doesn't help when I have a million things to read. But anyway, yeah, I'll definitely pick that up and check it out. And the audiobook sounds like it's gonna be sick. Um, I guess you can find me at the usual places at the end of every podcast where I talk shit about where to find me. And just look for hot pink Satanism coming out sometime from me and Kira. Or should I say Kira and I? I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Kira, you go. I think yeah. technically it will be yeah, Kira and me. I'm a writer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
And I am on Twitter at Kira Renee Writes and Instagram under the same name. I'm on TikTok, which I've been using more of, finally, at Kira R. Torres. And the Midnightmare Collection is out there. And to clear up for anybody listening, because I'm worried that there might not be an understanding, this is contains the same stories as the first edition, but they're newly edited, and there's five new stories, including Tasteless, for those who have already read it. Um, and yeah, keep an eye out for HPS or Hot Pink Satanism, because I'm very, 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 very excited for everyone to be introduced to that. Hell yeah. And okay. Bye. Bye.